Welcome to the Midlife Crisis Audio Journal Podcast. Today is November 30th, 2019. And today's podcast is titled, Pay Attention. Pay attention to your life. Pay attention to yourself. Pay attention to your patterns. Pay attention to lessons. You'll hear certain words and phrases repeated. You'll see numbers repeated. Pay attention. So, if you're listening to this podcast for the first time, I need you to go back and listen to the last two or three podcasts. As usual, I need you guys to keep up and catch up with the story. So, I work at an um, independent living facility. I am a nurse, and I am assigned certain people. Every so often, it goes in rotation. And I've been talking to you guys about this one woman in particular whom I feel is an an assignment to me and for me. And the reason why I say that is because she reminds me of the lessons I've learned in life during my, I'm going to say late 20s to mid 30s. Some of the things I've even learned uh, in my teenage years. And um, before the year ends, I think I'll do a podcast talking about the 10 things I've learned this year. The 10 most important things I've learned this year. So anyhow, this woman, uh, this 72-year-old woman, taught me, while she reminded me, that a person can be 50, 60, 70, 80 years, 80 years old and still be childish. I, I recognize that wherever a person had trauma, whatever age they were, for example, 17 years old or 26 years old, whatever age a person was where they experienced trauma, that's when they stopped emotionally developing. And so this is why you have people who are 50, 60, 70, and 80 years old, but they're still childish. This woman has shown me where my weaknesses were, and she taught me to strengthen where I'm weak. She taught me, well, she reminded me that when a person asks way too many personal questions and want blow-by-blow details, this is a person that's trying to latch on to me. And for some reason, the only people that want to actually latch on to me are people who are single And people who have mental health conditions that are like 100 times worse than mine. And so automatic red flag always 
goes up for me when a person tries to catch my pattern, call themselves getting to know me, and asking questions in specific about my mother. I don't know what it is about my mother, but people always want to know about her, never about my father. They don't even mention their own father, but they really have questions about my mother. And in specific, they want to know what she looks like. They want to know if I look like her. What they do with that information is beyond me. I've learned that a a human being who's vibrating on a very low frequency gathers information about someone else to use it against them, to hurt them. This is what people do who vibrate on a very low frequency. They don't gather this information to be an asset. And they don't recognize that they're actually a liability in someone else's life. So, to my surprise, this 72-year-old woman has been on her best behavior all week. She actually started last week about Thursday around there, Thursday into Friday, and then all week this week, and today's Saturday. And um, what she did was, she I, I'm assuming that she actually swallowed the medication that the RN gave her for her to be in an equilibrium state. And um, she started talking to me about uh, not having no one, only the one the one friend that she has that lives in the facility. And she expressed her concerns about what happens to her body when she dies and her dog in the event that she dies. And so she wants to give me her dog. And she doesn't want me to give the dog away to anyone else. And when she said that to me, it let me know that she sat back and she thought about it. And she she figured or knew, or maybe it was her intuition, maybe it was God speaking to her. But she knew that I wouldn't keep the dog. And it is very true. I don't want the accountability and responsibility of a pet, which is why I don't have any. The other thing that she said was, you know, I know you can pray for me and, you know, um, something to the effect of one day you'll get old and you'll need someone, something along those lines. And I remember thinking to myself, this lady is nuts. She tried to put me through. And everything that she did and said was well thought out, premeditated, and executed. Even though she was having her schizophrenic days, 
she was completely conscious and completely aware of what she was doing and why she was doing it. She had a goal. And so when she told me about me getting old and I might need someone, you know, later on in my life, I thought this woman is emotionally manipulative. You think she thought that she was going to play on me being a woman, me being feminine, me being an emotional creature, and use these things to her benefit. She planned uh, to actually taking her medication so that she can be as normal as she possibly can be. It's all planned out by her. And so when she said what she said, I said to her, yeah, okay. I think that she she knew <laughs> that if there's ever a time that I'm no longer working in that facility, she will never see or hear from me again. And she is accurate. 110% accurate. There's certain people that I would speak to certain co-workers, mostly the men, uh, and not so much women, but because I find women to be extremely emotional and too emotionally intense. They listen to respond instead of listening to comprehend. And so I personally don't care to have a lot of female friends. So anyhow, this 72-year-old woman has been on her best behavior. She had some bracelets that she had given to me. And um, it actually matched some earrings that I had wore to work one day. And she says, oh, I saw these earrings and it reminded me of you. I saw my bracelets. I don't wear them anymore. You know, I'm just giving things away. And I remember that you had on some earrings that were the same color and so forth and so on I want to give you these bracelets and I said thank you that's very nice of you but you know she's just too childish to to get over on me I'm too mature to not see the wiles of her antics and shenanigans then she turns around. I had on this jade necklace one day at work. She saw it and she turns around and she gives me um, a pair of synthetic jade earrings uh, to match my necklace. And she says, oh, you're not wearing your earrings with your necklace. I said, I didn't put it on. It's just in my jewelry box. That's it. She says, oh, when it gets warm outside, you could wear it like a set. Do you like it? And she kept repeating that question over and over again. Do you like it? Do you like it? <laughs> I really did. <laughs> I really didn't like the earrings. So here's what I want to say concerning the 72-year-old. It's coming to an end with her as my facility will begin to uh, rotate the nurses and um, the residents at the facility. 
this woman in a very short amount of time has made things personal. She hit every aspect of human nature that she could re hit or reach or try to. She tried emotional manipulation, mental manipulation, verbal manipulation, spiritual manipulation, and even financial manipulation. She tried all of it. It didn't work, but she tried it. If I were childish, if I was weak-minded, if I was emotionally weak, spiritually weak, financially weak, she would have had my head spinning. I would not have known whether I was coming or going. I would have been in a very dark place, in a very dark space of depression. I can say that I do have friends and family members that I could have gone to to help me get out of it. And I'm blessed because of that. But had I had been weak in those areas, this woman would have had me in an emotional prison, a mental prison, a spiritual prison. And I would have been stuck and just sitting there like a cage, unable to get out. And then she would have swallowed her medication like she did last week and been back into an equilibrium state. And I mean, it seems as if all is well with her. It seems as if nothing had ever happened on her part. But she senses from me that, yes, yeah, something did happen. You thought I had a disease. You thought I was a thief. You thought I couldn't be trusted. You thought I was a blatant pathological liar. You thought you could have me walking on eggshells. You thought I owed you something. You thought that I had to prove myself to you in the friendship when I never even wanted the friendship to begin with. I'm here to work, to do my job, show a little love, spread a little positive energy, go home and get paid at the end of the week. This woman made things personal when she never needed or had to make anything personal to begin with. It's like she chose me. It's like the devil operated within her and chose me to bring an onslaught of attacks on me. It's like the devil knew where I was headed in life spiritually that was eventually going to manifest into the natural, and the devil wanted to stop it. And he used her to try to execute that plan. So while she's sitting there thinking all is well, while she's sitting there thinking, yeah, I'm going to take her dog, pray over her dead body, honor her, 
her wishes at the end of her life. I'm like, no. You don't get to bring dysfunction, dishonor, and disrespect into my life and then turn around and expect me to do the right thing. Where they do that at? There's a reason why her family disowned her. There's a reason why she only has one friend. It's a reason for this. I'm not going to be a sucker. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. It's not It's not happening. Uh, and she knows my answer is no. And it, it really is no. My answer is no. So here's my advice. There's a scripture that says, do unto others as you would have done unto yourself. My advice is treat people good and they'll remember you. Bring value into people's lives and they will value what you bring. Just make things easy for yourself. There's no reason to make anything hard for yourself. There's no reason to make anything harder for yourself than what it really needs to be. And also, manipulation has an expiration date. Manipulation has an expiration date. You cannot manipulate people into staying in your life. When a person realizes that you're manipulating them, they're gone. You'll Even if you bump into them 12 years later, they're going to remember the pain that they felt when they realized you was only manipulating them for what you wanted. Their last memory of you is going to be one of pain. So when they see you 12 years later, they're going to be reminded of their pain and they won't trust you. Meanwhile, you won't even realize that this person hadn't trusted you in the last 12 years, even though you hadn't seen them. And you'll be sitting there like, well, why is, you know, this person responding to me this way? Because they don't trust you. Your manipulation caused them pain. I'm not exactly sure why this 72-year-old woman has not learned these lessons. But she's not as dumb as one would think that she is. And there's some people in this world who you would think that they're stupid. And then they'll surprise you. You'll try to do something to them. (laughs) And they'll nip you in the bud. Or you won't get what you set out to get. (laughs) So don't think everyone is stupid. Another thing I've learned that is that when a woman is 50 years old and older and single and has adult children that has moved out of the house and they have a pet, a cat, a dog, a fish, a gerbil, don't matter, and they come across me in my singleness. They want me to be their friend. And half of the things that they do is because they know that I'm single. And so I decided, because I have been single for like two years, three years now, I've decided that once I get through this midlife crisis hurdle, that I was going to start dating. 
And so I went to the shoe store, my, my favorite shoe store, DSW, and I was looking for some boots um, that's like an uh, all-purpose boot, something for the rain, the snow, and, and cold, cold air. And when I was there, there was a gentleman there, and um, sometimes I do browse the men's section because I'm such a shoe fanatic and connoisseur. <laughs> I like to browse the men's shoes. And there are some men's shoes that are unisex, and I will buy them if I like them enough and the price is right. So there was a gentleman there who struck up a conversation with me, and, of course, we exchanged number. He was fine. He is fine. He know he good looking, too. <laughs> So the type of men that I am attracted to are the men that are an alpha male. He's fully embedded in his masculinity. He's a man's man. He is mature and intelligent and hardworking. Someone who, when you look at the man's face, it almost looks like a square-shaped face. And I like a beard. It wouldn't really matter to me if he didn't, but I do like a beard. Well, most women like beards anyway. But you have some men that have beards that, those beards, they look like they stink. They look like it's dirty. I don't, I don't like that. I like that clean, clean cut kind of, kind of beard. So anyhow, it's been a week since he and I have been talking. And one of the things that I like to do um, is play a game called 21 Questions. Because it gives you the opportunity to um, get to know someone a little bit better. To learn their likes and their dislikes. In the process of talking to him, uh, or playing this game, 21 Questions, I realized something. There's two ways in which you can get to know someone. The number one way, which you, I'm sure, have heard about, is to live with someone. The best way to know someone is to live with them. You really get to see who they are if you live with them. That's number one. The second way to get to know someone, which I think is smart, is to be around that person as much as possible. Within 90 days, you'll get to see what's really going on. And so when I was asking him the 21 questions, I also noticed that it wasn't so much about his answers to the questions, it was how his mind thinks. For him to be younger than I am, he's actually quite mature. You don't see this in men in their 30s too often. It's like rare. It's like finding a needle in a haystack. You can meet 100 30-something-year-old men, and only one of them will be mature.
When he was answering my 21 questions, it was like he was answering from a place of spirituality and not from a place of human nature. And that was what I liked about him. So, um, I, for me, I like wisdom. And what he brings to the table, even though it's not a relationship or a friendship, but what he brings to the table is wisdom. And I find wisdom to be valuable. Another thing that I liked about him is his level of patience. There's a lot of people who have like zero patience and you see that with people who have road rage. Like move out of the way, butthole. He has patience. This just popped into my mind why I like um, when he answered from a place of spirituality. I'm one of those people who'll say to you, listen to what people say with your spiritual ears and not your natural ears. You will hear a lot. You'll hear a person's heart. And out of the heart comes the behavior of truth. That's me. That's how I talk. And so he reminds me of that. And I like that about him. So another thing that I like about him is that he is single. He like single, single. <laughs> and I thought to myself, how can a person be so good looking and so single? Like he is single, 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 like for real single. And I know that because of how much he contacts me the morning, the afternoon, in the evening. What he does in the evening is he FaceTimes me. And even though he's trying to catch my pattern, he's also showing me how single he is. He probably don't even realize it. If I say no, he says, okay. And he doesn't get mad about it. There's, there's no uncomfortability. There's no tension. There's none of that. He's just cool with my no. And I like his level of respect towards women. Because it's not like he knows me. He doesn't. But him honoring my no lets me know that he has respect for women. Now, I do want to insert this here because I've been reminded lately of the things that I've learned in my late 20s and early 30s, up to the age of about 35, actually. Men are usually on their best behavior before they get the punani. After they get the punani, everything changes. If you wait 90 days to be 
sexually intimate with someone, it will do you justice because within 90 days, you'll start to see what's really going on and then you can make an informed decision of what it is that you want to do or not do. It's very easy to break away in the beginning. It becomes a little bit hard to break away from someone whom you are emotionally attached to. Which leads me to my next thing. When dating someone, meeting someone in a relationship, whatever, you need intellectual stimulation, you need sexual chemistry, and emotional attachment. Yeah, rewind that and write that down. The reason why you want emotional attachment is because it's hard for a person to cheat when they're emotionally attached to you. Most women don't even realize that. But if you get with a woman who's feminine, one of those women that you may see they always have a man, they keep a man for an extended period of time. One of those women who understand men, they speak man lingo. You will find that men are pretty much hanging off of their every word. And that's because they knew, they learned how to build emotional attachment with a man. This is why a lot of women get cheated on. They don't have any emotional attachment from a man. You want sexual chemistry with a man because most men, um, let's say for example, he lives with a woman. Maybe he has children with this woman. Maybe he's married to this woman. And he goes out and he has sex with another woman. He's only there for sex. This is why side chicks exist and thrive. They are there for sexual purposes only. If you don't have sexual chemistry with a man, he will stray. You have to take care of yourself. Take care of your body. Make sure you don't stink, really. You have to keep up with these things. When he looks at you, he needs to say, my gosh, she's beautiful. My gosh, she's sexy. That's, that's where it's at, sex appeal. Your weight does not matter. I've seen, I remember when I was in college, <laughs> every morning, <clears throat> excuse me, I would see this plus size woman on a train, really short hair. It was the winter time she had on her jeans, whatever. And she just exuded just this, this, this sex appeal, this, this, this confidence, which was sexy. And I used to look at this girl and I would say to myself, if I was a man, even though she's a plus size woman, I would be trying to date her. And um, if she, she and I were compatible and we got along, you know, we had the same uh, ideas and goals concerning relationships, I would be proposing to her within six months. I really would. 
So you, you need to keep up with your sex appeal. If you don't have any confidence, you need to build some. Confidence does not mean cocky or arrogant. It just means confidence. And it comes from within and it'll ooze out. It'll just ooze out of you like a vibe. You need intellectual stimulation. Or you need to be intellectually stimulating to someone. And by that I mean teach people something that they never knew. But you have to watch what they like in order to know what topics to teach them something that they didn't know. Let's take me for example. A way that a person can intellectually stimulate me is by teaching me something like I like movies and, and specifically documentaries. So if you can teach me something about um, an old movie or a documentary, documentary that I would find interesting, you have taught me something new. A friend of mine knew that I liked love stories. I'm not a hopeless romantic, but I do like love stories. And he said to me, Naja, I think that you would like the Indian love stories. I said, okay. So he told me about one, Diwali De La Jenge, something like that. He had to spell it <laughs> for me. And I went and looked it up, Diwali De La Jenge, something like that. And it was really, really good. So ever since then, I've been into Bollywood um, uh, romance movies. And then one of my friends from college, she liked um, uh, African romance movies. And I said, well, what is this? I want to I see this African romance movie. And she watches them on YouTube. And so she sent me the link to one that she had absolutely loved. And when I watched it, I said, oh, I like this. Oh, that's teaching me something new. That's, that's intellectually stimulating me. And that's valuable for me. So I said all of that to give you an example and say to you, be intellectually stimulating to the person. If they like money, read up on stuff on money. Tell them something about money that they, they didn't know. Like there's an index fund and it's called S&P 500 Index Fund. You tell somebody about that fund that that loves money, they eat, sleep, and breathe money, they will be blown away because most people have never heard about an S&P index fund. That's the best fund that you can get, even if you're the person that's not a risk taker and don't do um, these stocks that are up and down. You don't, like, you don't like for your money to disappear. Like the S&P index fund is for you. If a person likes pets, It'll be good to research pets that don't shed. You know, nobody wants cat fur and dog fur all over their clothes and all over their home. They don't like that. You got to go out and do things and, you know. So teach them something about that. I mean, Google is your friend. We've got newspapers that are online where you could pick a topic and, and find 
anything that you want. I really say the number one place to go is an online newspaper. So, I'm just happy to announce this is my third my third thing that I want to tell you guys. I am uh, very happy to announce that um, the shift in the types of people that I have been meeting over the last decade has come to an end. I created two podcasts about psychopaths. There's a part one and there's a part two. When you have a free moment, play it and listen to it. Uh, it'll keep you abreast of um, what's going on in my audio podcast journal. And per usual, I hope that you learn much from me and that you'll get answers to what it is that you're going through. So I, in a previous podcast, I mentioned to you guys how I met the Uber driver and what I had liked about the Uber driver. But mostly um, what I recognized by meeting him was that I've entered a new phase or a new cycle uh, where I will be meeting people who are on my level and above so that I can be propelled into my next level. And I don't know what that is. I'll be learning it as I go along. I don't know where my midlife crisis is going to end. And um, with that being said, I'm not even sure when my podcast will end. Um, as of today, I'm thinking to keep going with it. A year later, five years later, I don't know. But for now, I'm thinking to just keep on going with it. So I met the Uber driver who was an indication that I will no longer be meeting psychopaths. And then I met this man uh, in the DSW shoe store who uh, is like confirmation of me no longer meeting psychopaths. I am very happy for that because I am tired <laughs> of psychopaths. Anyhow, that's my, my podcast for today. I hope you were entertained. I hope you learned. I hope you got some answers whatever the case may be, I will definitely be updating you guys um, about this gentleman who I have met after he and I go on our first date. And as I mentioned earlier, when I told him no and he respected it, I told him no to a date. Why? I didn't feel like going, really. I didn't feel like it. I wasn't in the mood. My vibe wasn't on point. I just didn't want to. So my yes to him will be about our date. Shalom. Have a good day, weekend, holiday, whatever it is. Be blessed.